The following Pay Joseph Prince Ministries program is brought to you by our Grace Legacy Builders. Today with Joseph Prince. The Bible says, by, by one man's disobedience, Adam, we are all were made sinners. By one man's obedience, Jesus, we are all made righteous. If you will only receive it. It is not your obedience that makes you righteous. You want to obey today because it's the result of His obedience. Amen. Joseph Prince has really helped us to, to understand that the grace of God's not too good to be true. It's just a total freeing message. Um, God wants us to be free so we can spread His gospel and be bold with it and know who we are in Christ. We just thank you so much for everything you've done for our family's lives and we know that He's changing millions and millions of lives around the world. If the gospel of grace has impacted your life, I would like to invite you to join us as a Grace Legacy Builder. Let's advance the gospel of grace together. Visit the link on your screen to be part of leaving a legacy of grace today. Thank God for Psalms 91. Amen. And every one of you have put your trust in Christ. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty. And of all the Psalms, if you ask any Jewish person, which is a Psalm of protection, they'll tell you Psalms 91, right? And Psalms 91 has promises of protection for day and night, even the timings. The arrow that flies by day, or the terror by night, or the deadly pestilence, uh, diseases that are fatal. Um, it talks about about God will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will take refuge. Amen. Even promises long life. With long life will I satisfy Him. You know, people say things like, you know, when your time comes, it's your time to go. You go. All right? The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says that you decide what is long life for you. And what is long life for you may not be long life for another person. Someone is happy to go at 80. Some will say, no, I'm not, I'm not satisfied yet. So God says, your satisfaction will be the criteria. With long life, will I satisfy him or her? Amen? So God says that. There are some things you do in the book of Proverbs that says you can shorten your life. Some things you do can add to your life. Amen? It's not up to God. You say that, well, I just believe that it's time to go means it's time to go. Well, what if you bought a plane and it's the pilot's time to go? Everybody's going. Everybody's going. No, 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 friend. There's no such thing as, you know, uh, God has appointed a time for you to die. All right? Even the Bible says a time to die is that time is decided by you. Amen? That time is you decide you're happy to go. No, that's Bible. Amen? Doesn't mean people are living that way out. Amen? We are in a fallen world. And in a sense, you know, uh, everything that is man-made, even security systems that are man-made, they all can fail. But God can never fail. I say God can never fail. God knows the end from the beginning. God knows what's going to happen before it happens. Amen? But I just want to pause here for the sake of those who are here uh, for the first time or you've just been here. I want to say this, that this earth is a fallen earth. It's a fallen world. Man is a fallen creature. All right, none of the things that you see about disease, sickness, deformity, destruction, death, children dying and all that is God's will. It is not God's will. I want you to know that. God didn't make this world with death. God didn't make this world with disease. God didn't make man to grow old and die. In fact, God hates death, the Bible says. The last enemy to be put under our feet is death. 
1 Corinthians 15. God, God calls death an enemy. Have you thought of that before? Amen? That's why Jesus wept. Where? At a, at a funeral. Jesus wept because he knew, I, you know, he, he, he was going to raise Lazarus in a while from the dead. So he, I don't think he was exactly crying just for Lazarus. He was crying about the fact that the father, his father had a plan for man, a beautiful love plan, that man should walk with poise and confidence in his, in his love, in his goodness, live with God, amen, body full of strength, amen, forever young, forever strong. God meant for him to uh, have a mind that is, that is, that is uh, balanced, that is, that is sane, that is sound, that is, that is not given to depression. But look at men today, they need medication even to put their mind on a uh, keen, um, you know, st stability, on a keen yield. I'm telling you, church, that we are looking at a world that's fallen. It's not God's dream. So someone might ask the question, well, if that's the case, then why didn't God stop the earth from being fallen? God is able to do anything, right, Pastor Prince? You are saying that this is not His will, but these things are happening. Well, friend, you need to understand one thing, Okay. When God made this earth, God put man on it. When God made man, God created a man with a free will. So man is a free moral agent. Now, if I, if I use my power, even unconsciously to man, all right, I use my power, albeit so subtly, to stop man from doing wrong things. And I've made man a free moral agent. I've actually done him an injustice. Am I right? So God made an earth, uh, the first couple, Adam and Eve, God made everything on this earth just for them. All the gold, the silver, the precious stones, all the food of the earth, the fruit trees that were there and all that, all were for them. God says, of all of them, look at the language, you may freely eat, not just eat, freely eat, God says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. In the day that you eat of it, in the Hebrew, dying, you shall die. You don't die immediately but your body is in a state of dying, then you shall die one day. So of all the things that man can freely eat, man chose to eat from the very tree that God told him not to eat from. Now, you say, why, why didn't God stop him? You see, if God used his power to stop man, God can do it. I mean, God can. You know, God can make man uh, stretch his own hand from a great distance from his face and then with great velocity, pull it back. God can do it. But if God did it, would that be right when God has made man with, with a free choice? And then you say, but why did God plant that tree? Another you know, famous question people like to ask. Well, if everything is good and there's nothing to choose from, what's the point of having a free choice? So at least for the sake of integrity, you must give a choice a chance to exercise choice. So man, man was given a choice to eat everything that's good and man, 99.9% .9 is good. Except for the one tree that God says don't take and guess what? The devil tempted Eve and Eve seduced her husband to take from the tree and as a result, man fell. So God has to work with the free choice of man and thank God, it's not over. Amen? From the very first prophecy that God said, the woman's seed, a woman does not have seed. Man has seed. So from there, God really prophesied a virgin birth. The woman's seed will crush the serpent's head. God told Satan. And hence, you see a battle, a battle royal that's been going on 
in the spirit in, in the spiritual realm. You can't see it now, but what is happening in the world today is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's not just nations having, you know, uh, North Korea decide to uh, have uh, nuclear testing. There's a spiritual battle going on. There are spiritual beings vying for position, vying for territorial uh, 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 authority and power. But I want to announce to you when God sent His Son, God sent Him as the federal head of a new human race. Amen. Amen. As the first Adam fell, the last Adam obeyed. The first Adam was surrounded with everything that's good and still fell. Jesus, the last Adam, was surrounded in the wilderness with everything that was dry and, and, and nothing supplying, and yet he obeyed. He was tested, tempted three times by Satan himself, and he did not kowtow. In fact, Satan fled from him in the midst of desert. Can I have a good amen? The Bible says, by, by one man's disobedience, Adam... We are all were made sinners. By one man's obedience, Jesus, we are all made righteous. If you will only receive it. It is not your obedience that makes you righteous. You want to obey today because it's the result of his obedience. Amen. Amen. But his obedience makes you righteous. Therefore, your righteousness, your right standing before God is not placed on, on, on a platform where you can have it today and it, it, it can be gone tomorrow. No, it's an unshakable foundation. It is His obedience that made you righteous. Can I have a good amen? amen. And all the people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You can go home, Ray. <laughs> yeah, this, is good. this is good enough. Amen. You might not even hear this in some places, you know. You still hear people asking questions. Well, if God is this. And, and you never exhaust your questions about God. Amen. I'll tell you something. If I can answer every question I have in my head about God, hey, I'm God. <laughs> I thank God that I, I don't, I, I cannot Resolve God out. I cannot comprehend this infinite being. How can a finite being with a peanut brain comprehend this amazing God? Amen? And yet God sent His Son. And Hebrews 1.3, as you bring the ark out, please. Who being the brightness, Jesus, His God's Son, who being the brightness of His glory. Everyone say brightness of His glory. And now say, and the express image of his person. Say the express image of his person. Now, the brightness of his glory is the goal. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. He is the brightness, the outreign of God's glory. You cannot look at God's glory anymore. You can look at God's created glory, all right? The sun. And it's only created. But can your eye look at the sun for some time? No, no way. Amen. So likewise, no one can see God's glory, but Jesus came, became visible, and He was the outreign of God's glory. So that's goal without, goal outside. And then, the Bible says He's the express image, the exact, in fact, one, translation, one, one definition says facsimile, all right? Exact, express image of His person, God's person. You know, you know what God is like? Look at Jesus. Sometimes people think of God and Jesus as apart. No, no. Jesus is exactly the express image of God's person. You know, when the leper came up, came up to Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing. Jesus touched him. A man who has probably not been touched for years. Jesus touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy left. That tells us that God does not like people suffering 
from leprosy. Because Jesus is the express image of God's person. Can I have a good amen? When people were hungry, Jesus took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men. All right, not counting the women, probably, and children would be 10,000. He fed them. With what little they had, he fed them. That tells us that God does not like people hungry. Amen. Because Jesus is the express image of God's person. He went about doing good. He never made anyone sick. Just to tell them that God is teaching you a lesson by making you sick, as he's been taught today. All right? At least you will have an example in the Gospels where Jesus saw a healthy guy and said, come over here, you are too healthy. What I, I'm going to do, you do not know, but it is to teach you some divine lesson. Okay? And the guy said, what's the lesson? Never mind. It's just a lesson. And so vague, all right? And, and he gave him some, some eczema or some, some disease. No, Jesus doesn't do that. He's the express image of God's person. That, 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 that tells us God wants you healthy. So he is the brightness of his glory. Go outside. The express image of his person. Go within. Don't forget the wood in between. Amen. He was cut off in the prime of his days. Amen. Wood. Completely man. Completely God. The God man Jesus Christ. And upholding all things by the word of his power. Do you all see this crown? It's literally called crowns. All across. Amen. He who was once crowned with the crown of thorns is now in heaven crowned with glory. And he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Amen. So that crown there is this one here, upholding all things by the word of his power. That's kingly power. Upholding all things by the word of his power is this crown. Then when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Blood is put on the mercy seat once a year. Amen? And that is when he had by himself purged our sins. So the mercy seat is him purging our sins, washing us from our sins in his blood. Some people have this idea that Jesus, because he's God's son, he sat down. No, his right to sit down is because he has done a perfect work in putting away our sins. Read your Bible. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down. The priests in the Old Testament never sat down. One thing, they have a table of shortbread, but they never have a chair. Because their work is never finished. But when Jesus came, he finished his work. He sat down. The fact that Jesus is seated means your sins have been efficaciously put away. Well, last week we saw the Ark of the Covenant of all the furniture pieces in the tabernacle. Tabernacle is like a makeshift camp. God went camping with His people. When God brought His people out of Egypt from slavery, after so many years of bondage, God brought them to the Red Sea. God brought them to the other side. By the way, they went to the Red Sea without the Ark, without the tabernacle. But at the foot of Mount Sinai, God gave them instructions to build the Ark. Why? Because God would give them the Ten Commandments. Now, the two tablets of stone, remember that? Okay, God would want them to have something to house the Ten Commandments in. Because the Ten Commandments left naked and bare when brought before the people will kill them. Not because it is bad, but because it is perfectly good. It's perfectly holy. It's perfectly righteous. But man is sinful. Man is unclean. Man has sinned. And, and, and the soul that sins must die. The perfection of the law demands that. Or else it's no more the law. 
So those who preach that man cannot keep the law, they truly respect the law. They know that man cannot keep the law. Those who say we can keep the law are the true antinomians because they have no regard, no understanding of how holy the law is. Well, men say, I'm not so bad as the prostitute over there that I know that lives down there. I'm not so bad as this guy over here. He does this, he does that behind his wife's back. You know, I'm not so bad as this guy. Let me tell you this, Jesus brought the law, not just outward, but inward. He says, if you commit adultery with your eyes, in your mind, you have committed adultery. Everyone is guilty. Amen? Then he says, if you hate someone in your heart, you have murdered. Everybody has murdered. Sometimes we, we, sometimes we even murder in our sleep. <laughs> have you ever committed a crime in your sleep only to wake up and realize it was a dream and you were so grateful? <laughs> All right? Sometimes God gives you a sample of that so that you will not do the real thing. Okay? And you see, friends, we, we, we make the law as if it's something that everyone can keep. But God gave the law for the sole purpose of showing man's sin. I have a high regard for the law. The law is like a mirror. Nothing wrong with the mirror. But if the mirror shows ugly, you cannot blame the mirror. That means what? The mirror is righteous, holy, and true. It reflects accurately. Can I have a good amen? All right. So when man boasted, you see, just because someone says, you know, we, Pastor, we need to tell people to keep the law, does not mean they'll end up keeping the law. Amen. For me, I believe in moral excellence. But moral excellence does not come by deliberately trying to keep the law. By trying to keep the law, we end up breaking the law because the strength of sin, 1 Corinthians 15, the strength of sin is the law. Just like grace is the spring of holiness. So what we, we sometimes disagree on, you hear you know, someone against grace, someone uh, uh, for grace and all that, is that how to arrive at moral excellence from here. I believe it's only by grace and not by the law. In fact, when Israel put themselves under the law, long before God even gave the Ten Commandments, Israel said in Hebrew, Kol asher diber Adonai na'aseh. That means whatever you say, God, whatever you command us, we can do it even before God gave the Ten Commandments. And guess what? The next thing you know, they built a golden calf to worship, saying, this be thy God, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. A golden calf they worship, giving the glory to a calf that cannot talk, that cannot see, that cannot hear their cry. Why? Because the first commandment is, you must have no other gods besides me, God said. So when they put themselves under law, sin becomes irresistible. When you put yourself under grace, Holiness, moral excellence become attractive. I find that the more I, I, I experience the love of Jesus for myself, my attraction to sin becomes lesser and lesser and lesser. Amen. In fact, the more you try to keep the law, you find sin become irresistible. Amen. And that's why we need to understand that trying to keep your diet is a sure formula to failure. Because the moment you're off your diet, you whack all those things you cannot eat while you're on your diet. And you'll get back much more than what you had before you started. Plus, your body thought it was under starvation for a while. Now your body is on a low metabolic rate to retain everything. Now you cannot burn off those things that you previously could. 
I said a lot. Don't ask me to repeat. Get the, get the CD, amen? It's going to bless you, but I have more for, to say about that afterwards. But let's go back to this. All right, so this furniture piece we started last week when God says God stepped forth Jesus to be a propitiation. Very big word. But it actually means a mercy seat. Because the Greek version, the Septuagint, in the Old Testament, whenever it mentions the Ark of the Covenant, it calls the mercy seat, all right? In the Greek, hilasterion. The same word used, mercy seat, in Romans 3. God said Jesus to be a hilasterion. Jesus is the mercy seat. He is the Ark of the Covenant. And we learned that the Ark is made of a box of wood, acacia wood. Do you know that acacia wood, like cedar wood, uh, is impervious to uh, termites? Termites cannot bore a hole into it, no? It is, it, is, uh, it is immune to all kinds of diseases that will attack trees, other trees. Therefore, the illustration of acacia wood is used for incorruptibility. And wood in the Bible is always mankind. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Mankind. So Jesus was like a tender plant, growing in a moral morass, a place where everything was muddy and, 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 and it was dirty and unclean. And this beautiful tender plant grew up to be a tree. But in the prime of his life, he was cut off. He was cut off to prepare a mercy seat, Ark of the Covenant. And it was carved into shape, into a, a, a box, a case here, wood. The wood speaks of Jesus' humanity. Amen. God, as God, cannot be comprehended by man. But if God can become a man, we can understand Him. Amen. Let's say I, 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 I take a walk one day and, and uh, I step on an ant that died, squashed. With all apologies to ant men. And they, they were on a date, their first date, and I just squashed her boyfriend. All right. And I'm telling the girlfriend, hey, hey, I, I, I didn't mean it. I, I, I really didn't mean it. I didn't see your boyfriend. I mean, and she, she won't understand. She'll be running away from me because we are different levels. You understand? Your love. I'm trying to illustrate. We are different levels of life. You understand? I'm too high a life for, for that end to understand. But if I can become an end. So Jesus became a man. Why? So that this wooden box, all right, will be overlaid with gold. Overlaid with gold. Gold within and gold without. Not only the gold is outside, the goal is inside. The inner side. Goal outside. Goal inside. Goal without. Goal within. In between, the wood. That means Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. Because he's 100% man, he sat where you sat. You feel tired, he feels tired. Amen? You feel thirsty, you feel hungry, he felt it. All the, the gamut of human emotions, Jesus felt it without sin. Amen? But we, we feel something, but we don't have the power. But because it's 100% God, he's, He has all the power. Amen? Praise God. And He lived among us. I said He lived among us. He lived, he, he, I mean, He could have chosen the, the, the Jerusalem, uh, uh, Royal Hilton, or, you know, the, the best places to be born in. But He chose, when He took off, you know, His uh, outward form of uh, of. Uh, of regalia as, as the king of the universe. He came down and he was born in a manger, a smelly, dirty manger. He chose to be born in a poor family. And, and for those of you who's, who argue about, about Joseph and Mary being wealthy and all that, let me tell you this. When Jesus was born, all right, prior to Jesus' birth, prior to the coming of the wise man, all right, uh, Joseph and Mary were poor. Why? Because they brought the offering for a new baby. They brought two 
they bought, brought a pair of doves, and only the poor bring doves. The, the wealthy bring a bullock to be offered. The middle income bring a lamb. The poor bring a pair of doves. The very poor bring a handful of flour. So God will always take what man can to reflect anything on his son. Even the handful of flour is Jesus, the bread of life. Amen. As the bullock is strong to labor. So today, whether you're wealthy spiritually, is whether you have a large comprehension of Jesus, like a bullock-sized revelation of Jesus, or you only have an idea about his earthly life, no concept of what his death has accomplished. And that's a fine, that's a fine flower. So friend, Joseph and Mary did not stay poor because Jesus was there, all right? Uh, the, the wise men came and they brought gold, frankincense, all the very expensive items because of the baby, and they became wealthy. And by the way, the wise men did not come the, the day that Christ was born. They came when he was about two years old. Uh, I'm sorry I spoiled your, your nativity scene, but that's in the Bible, okay? This month, for your gift of any amount, we're giving you Joseph's two-sermon CD series, You Are Blessed to Be a Blessing. Discover how the Lord can be your source of supply and can use any channel to provide for you in your time of need. Easy digital access now also available. Scan the QR code at the back of your package to watch the sermon immediately with no login required. When you request a resource, you're giving many more precious souls the opportunity to hear the gospel of grace and have their lives radically transformed. Visit us at josephprince.org or call us toll free at 877-901-4300. Stumbled upon our program and felt a connection? Does your spirit resonate with what you've heard today and you're thinking, yes, tell me more? Then come on a journey of discovering the transformative power of grace with us. Let's get you started with Joseph's foundational book, Destined to Reign, for free. Discover the secret to experiencing victory over adversity, lack, and destructive habits in this book that has impacted so many people and changed so many lives over the past 15 years. Just pay for shipping and handling to receive this book. Visit us at josephprince.org slash new or text new to 71239. Next on Joseph Prince. This uh, atonement, this uh, mercy seat, uh, the blood of bulls and the blood of goats and the blood of lambs only covers sin from year to year. It covers, it covers, but the sin is still there. It's like you sweep under the carpet, the problem is still there, but it's covered, it's covered, it's covered. Because there's no way blood of bulls and goats can take away sins. Until Jesus came. Then John the Baptist says, the Lamb of God, look, look, the Lamb of God who takes away sin of the world. And now, people, the blood of Jesus is permanently in heaven. So when God looks at you, God does not look at you with judgment. God looks at you with mercy and love. I want to take a moment to thank a very special group of people. Grace Legacy Builders. You know who you are. You're the ones who make this possible. Because of your generosity, lives are changed, bondages broken, and families set free from decades of wrong belief. Every praise report we receive and we get many every day is a testimony of God's grace and a testament of your faithful support of our ministry. Thank you for making a real difference in the lives of so many. God bless you greatly. Be a Grace Legacy Builder today. Your giving powers our ability to keep sending the gospel of grace to the world. Call 877-901-4300 or visit josephprince.org to start building. 
Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. program is brought to you by our Grace Legacy Builders. Thank you for helping us proclaim the gospel of grace around the world.